May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I love the line from the psalm appointed today, steady my footsteps in your word. And as many of the scripture today talked about, and especially the gospel, what the kingdom of God looks like, and it's very confusing, um, I, I, I think, okay, we, we, gotta, we have to get our sea legs right in the word of God. We have to be steady when we're not sure exactly what uh, God means or how the step path forward is or while we're figuring out and the discerning God's wisdom over our will. Steady my footsteps in your word. Let no iniquity have dominion over me. A new uh, mantra for me this week, I think, as I try, and I believe we all do, one way or another, one form or another, sometimes intentionally, sometimes by accident, discern the will of God and our, how our actions reflect that in the day-to-day and how we talk to ourselves. Do we talk to ourselves as beloved of God? In the stories we make up about why things are happening, are we uh, reacting to that with fear and rumination based on fear and not trust in God? Even when we don't understand things, there is a freedom and a liberation and a healing in stepping out in trust in God. Sometimes we say that and we don't necessarily live it. Like, well, God really needs our help, which is true. We are the hands and feet of God. But sometimes we cross that line thinking that everything depends on us or, you know, God really, um, you know, uh, told me to, or, or, or it's clear that God wants me to do this and it's every time you say it's clear that God wants me to do this and God's will always lines up with your will. And you gotta be a little suspicious of that, right? Uh, be careful, says Anne Lamont, when God always agrees with you. <laughs> we got to be a little bit more humble. And so in our Old Testament reading, the Hebrew scripture, it's such a good reminder about being humble. And I believe the kingdom of God breaks through on earth as in heaven when people somewhat like Solomon ask for God's wisdom instead of their way. Sometimes God challenges us, even when we're, we're morally right, to stretch further into grace and mercy and humanity. The high road is often the hardest and the road of grace and and freedom and forgiveness 
is an authenticity uh, requires vulnerability and risk and it requires trust in God even when you know bad things can happen because they do but that doesn't mean that God is not present our God is a God who is with us in those troubles who takes the crucifixions of this life and transforms them in ways subtle and splendous into symbols of life and hope. So, let's go to these parables for the gospel today. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, you know, and it talks about the shade, and yes, it's a tenacious shrub, but it's not the most elegant of uh, plants, you know, to be comparing to the kingdom of God. Could have chosen something a little bit more majestic, right? Not the uh, mustard shrub. Or the kingdom of God is like yeast. Okay, sicky yellow, I mean sicky um, yeast that a woman took and mixed in three measures of flour. I always remember a former um, director of our um, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd who would do a, a class and mix yeast and that much yeast and it was a ton. It was just so much. It was like some of it was going to go bad. It didn't really make any sense. And um, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. I'm finding one pearl of great value. He sells everything he has to buy the pearl. Okay, that is risky behavior. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Why doesn't he share that treasure? I mean, there's so many ways to think about um, how these parables can unfold in, in ways that are confusing and yet perfect. Because the kingdom of heaven does astound us. It defies the logic that we have built for our worlds on things that are tried and true in some ways, things that um, seem to be, you know, what work, what align with the values of this world. And yet we know that the most faithful of times is when we are able to see in the ugly shrub the kingdom of heaven, in the overly generous woman a kingdom of heaven, in the everyday um, sort of exuberance of the daily task, when we're able to see the kingdom of heaven there, when we're able to see the kingdom of heaven in strange investments that make sense only to the person that is, um, uh, um, I don't know what the word is, enraptured or captured by passion for wanting to focus on what God has shown them to be uh, valuable, 
the kingdom of God is like a sturdy net that pulls everyone in. And at the end of time, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But that's not an individual. You know, you're good, you're bad, you're good, you're bad. Mostly in these, these texts, the, 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 the wording, the translation is plural. So maybe at the end of time, they're talking about sending out what hasn't worked, getting rid of what we haven't, uh, what we've depended on that hasn't worked. Self-sufficiency, making sure that, that we are taken care of and nobody else. Putting people in categories, putting people in cages, putting up barbed wire. That will be thrown out when the kingdom of God, when the kingdom of heaven is fulfilled. Going back a little bit to the Romans passage, I'm preaching on this tomorrow as well at a funeral, and it's so hard when, um, when people die too young. And that's the case tomorrow. And I was talking with the widower, and I'm just like, God can take your anger. God can take your anger and your sadness. God is a big boy, as I say. God is a, a, a grown-up. God can take your anger until it's all out and you know that you can't walk this journey without God. Um, not even your anger, I want to always add into this. What can separate us from the love of God? in Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or grief? No, nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God understands our journeys Need, our, to, need us to be steadied in his word sometimes. And sometimes we trip, and sometimes we fall, and sometimes we challenge. But I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I can't hear that enough. I cannot hear that enough. So, going back to the parables. The second one about the woman doing things a little bit differently in the household, trying out a, a new recipe, I guess, or just having forgotten how much it takes or just 
you know, daydreaming while she's making bread. Um, I was reminded beautifully of, of the ordination, the first ordination of women to the Episcopal Church. Because yesterday was the anniversary of the Philadelphia 11, the 49th anniversary. So in next year, we're going to have a big celebration for the 50th. And one of the things that I remember about this is um, just how, what a drama it was. And I was really young, and I heard about it a lot from secondhand, but I was aware of it. And I was aware that it was, you know, the people were all on every different side. This was 1974, two years before the General Convention officially agreed to um, allow women who had been ordained deacons become priests. And um, I don't know, so I was about eight or nine or whatever. And we were, my, my grandfather was an, Episcopal, was an Episcopal priest and my father's an Episcopal priest. And I remember being down at my grandfather's farm and he thought those women should be shot. <laughs> but not because they wanted to be priests, right? You just never know like uh, what, what people's thought processes. It, because they broke the rules, you know, according to him, they should have waited. And, um, and, you know, so for a long time, I thought he wouldn't, I didn't know that, right? So I thought he wouldn't um, uh, support my ordination, but he was so supportive, you know? And we have to, we have to talk to each other because we can assume in an offhand comment something that can be a lie that we make up in our head for years. You know, I thought he was against women's ordination. He was against them breaking the rules of the church, which according to him is what they were doing. Now I thought they were, you know, great rebels, but, <laughs> but they did open up to us a little bit, I think, of the kingdom of heaven. Um, you might not agree with that all the time when we're having discussions, but um, the uh, ability for women to become priests um, open the uh, calling to those who felt it and who were affirmed in it. And I think the kingdom of God breaks through, the kingdom of heaven breaks through when people are able to be themselves and develop who they are and their fullest potential without any artificial limits created by fear, by even tradition, by what's always been. That the kingdom of heaven is where people get to develop their full potentials and be deeply themselves and to grow and change without what they call the glass ceiling or whatever ceiling it happens to be created by discrimination, created by ways of thinking that no longer serve us. And most of that is created by fear. We all know, it says here, that sometimes we don't know how to pray. 
We don't know how to see the kingdom of heaven. We're not sure what to make or how to walk in God's word. But as Thomas Merton wrote, our desire to please God pleases God, whether we get it right or not. And that the spirit is within us. And even when we don't know exactly what to do, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. My friends, this week, try to see the kingdom of heaven bursting through in your everyday, in the tenacious, ugly bush, <laughs> in the creative woman, in the strange passion and investments in the uh, people's daily tasks and building strong nets related to your daily life and write it down. The kingdom of heaven is like so that you can practice seeing day to day that kingdom, that reign, that wisdom of God in our midst and be glad and be emboldened and be strengthened. Amen.